Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there, Cyrus. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you. (laughs) Thank you. I am so happy. I'm very thankful that we can bring some super insightful information to people and what's on your heart this week. So tell me about Mm. it. Well, what I was thinking about this week was uh, something called cognitive dissonance theory. Now, this is a big theory. I really like this theory because it explains a lot about something I'm dealing with all the time as a psychologist. I'm always dealing with people who are in disagreement, people who are in conflict. And cognitive dissonance theory helps us to understand it. Uh, So I was thinking maybe we could talk about that, how people disagree, how people are in conflict, and maybe how to help them out when they're in those tough situations. There is a lot of conflict in the world today, so this is a very timely conversation Mm -hmm. once again. Well, it's funny now that you talk about what's happening in the world right now. I mean, there was and probably still is in Winnipeg, there was a lot of disagreement or feelings about whether masks should be mandatory or not. And there is still a lot of disagreement that I see about how we should be handling things like the pandemic. And this can become very passionate. We have things like politics where, you know, in the States right now, we're coming up to or just experienced a kind of big political battles. And, and these can be very passionate things where people have very strong opinions and it can cause a lot of problems. It sure can. And how can we approach things mm. differently? Well, one of the things that happens when we are in disagreement with each other is we want to get away from each other. We don't want to be close. I really like this piece of research that came out where they had somebody in a room and they said to the person, now, first of all, the person kind of wrote a paragraph or an essay on a topic, kind of their opinion. And then they said, okay, now this other person's going to come and they're going to agree with you. Or to some of the people at random, they said, this person's going to come into the room and they're going to disagree with you. And they said, I'm going to go get that person. So you just wait here. But while you're waiting, set up the chairs. You know, put out two chairs there in the corner, get the chairs out and set them up. And what they found was in the experiment that when people knew that the person who coming into the room was going to agree with them, they set up the chairs closer together than when the person was going to disagree with them. Then they set the chairs farther apart. When people were in disagreement, they wanted physical distance from each other. And I think a lot of people, when you're listening to me talk about this, you're probably going to resonate with it. You're probably going to say like, yeah, I want to be farther away from people who disagree with me. And it feels so right to say that, that you might just skip over the fact that it's really strange that you want to be physically farther apart from people who have different opinions than you. This has nothing to do with the way that they smell or the way that they look or anything physical. And yet we want physical distance from people who have just a different idea than you. And I think that's really curious. That's something we've created as a global culture. The differences of opinions actually being Mm -hmm. big enough to create battles between Mm. different countries and then now civil Mm -hmm. unrest Mm -hmm. within the same country. Mm -hmm. It creates a lot of conflict and misunderstanding because one of the things that happens is when we disagree with somebody, we assume judgment and dislike. We feel like when somebody disagrees with us that they don't like us, that they don't have good feelings towards us, and it creates the same 
in reverse. Like when we feel that way, we often do have those negative feelings. And what I would love to be able to do for people is to separate the two and say, you know what, I disagree with you, but I still like you. I still have good feelings towards you. It's an inconsistency that we don't like. We don't like to have a conflict to disagree with somebody and then to like them. We will usually try to make everything consistent. If you disagree with me and I think that's important, then I'm not going to like you. And it's just really sad because there's so many things where we could disagree with each other and still like each other. We could have these positive feelings. We could build these bridges between people if we could just separate the two. But human beings, we put them together. We want everything the same. I know that even within really close relationships, family members, brothers and sisters, the way that they may see the political world very differently can cause them to feel like even in their own family they're each other's enemies. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there rises an offense mm-hmm. towards their own brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that, you know, talking about Christianity, talking about what Jesus was teaching, he wanted people to be able to be with somebody even if they disagreed. He wanted people to be able to separate that and say, you know what, go down and be with the person you disagree with. Don't judge them, be with them. But so often what happens is when we're actually in that position, even in faith situations, people will say, well, you disagree with me, so that must mean that you're judging me, that you don't like me, that you don't want the best for me. And I think that's really sad too. In so many situations, like what you're talking about, we can see different opinions, political, spiritual, health related now you know somebody in the in the house wants to wear a mask the other person doesn't want to wipe down the cereal box you know like there's all these different kind of opinions about how to do things and it creates this conflict which will then often lead to a feeling like you don't like me right and i don't want to be around you i don't want to be with you because of that and I wish that we could kind of get past that and be able to be connected, want the best for each other, even when we disagree. That's awesome. Because you know what, this is something that's relevant to your personal life with the people Mm -hmm. that are closest to you, as well as things Mm -hmm. that need to happen in our government with policy changes and bylaws and things that we can speak up about that are going to be respectfully done. Right. Yes. (laughs) Tricky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's funny when you're talking about that, because it's even true, like on the political floor it's set up this way you know like one party will all sit close together and they'll have a distance usually between that party and the other party that disagrees with them they'll have a whole floor kind of separating them and the other party will be all together sitting close together we want to be with the people who we agree with and we even see it in the way that we build our structures for politics isn't that something Mm -hmm. we just take it for granted that this is the way that it should be or that this is the way it needs to be or this is the way that it's always been. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's so many people saying we need to change structures. Yes. And so there's certain mindsets mm-hmm. to get there, mm-hmm. to be able to do that first. So we were talking about judgment. Mm-hmm. And how can you help yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> not to become judgmental? Mm-hmm. And is that one of the keys? Well, I think that in order to help yourself with this problem, in order to be able to be close with somebody who disagrees with you, you need to be steady in yourself. You need to be able to see yourself as worthwhile, as valued, as validated, even without that other person doing that for you. So wow. so often when we are talking to somebody and they disagree with you, we start to become shaky. We start to become like, oh my goodness, you know, it's like, am I okay? Is my opinion right? Should I be here? Should I be doing this? I'm getting a weird look. 
And because of that, we get anxious and anxiety often leads to anger and frustration. So if you can be self-assured, if you can be quietly confident, not necessarily brash or narcissistic about it, but just kind of like, no, I know who I am and I know where I am and I know what I'm doing with this. It's so much easier to be in the presence of disagreement and still operate with goodwill and kindness and love. And that's what we're hoping for. And I do couples counseling and I can see the chairs almost moving farther apart or moving closer together as people agree they lean in and as they disagree, they kind of lean out and cross their arms. And so to be able to be steady in their own self and not feel as threatened is a huge part of helping people to come together in couples counseling because couples are never going to agree on everything. So then a good question to ask yourself is, is it true what the feeling that you have is? And I think once you realize that you're becoming aggravated, Mm -hmm. shaky, Mm. agitated, anxious, turning into anger, and if you connect that the way you just did, Mm -hmm. you would actually see that that root is fear. And that's what I mean by asking, is this true? Yeah. Because then you can mm-hmm. really combat the fear that's inside of you so that you can find that non-judgment piece. Right. I think, you know, for me, the idea of anger coming from insecurity is so connected now. Like when, when I'm talking to somebody, for example, let's somebody somebody wants to change their behavior. They want to quit smoking. And they come in and they're like, I don't know, you know, smoking does a lot for me, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And eventually they get to the place where you're talking to them and they start to get angry and they're like, well, what, how, Cyrus, how would I quit smoking anyway? And it can look like somebody who may be a little less experienced might be like, whoa, now they're angry. Like I'm losing them. I'm losing them getting closer to quitting smoking. I have to do something. For me now, it actually means, yeah, I'm getting really close. They're about to really think about quitting smoking. They're getting anxious about it because they're getting less secure and insecurity often leads to anger. And it actually shows that their position is weakening when they get upset with me. When they say, Cyrus, how can I quit smoking? It's actually a sign that they're losing their strength in their position. That's where oftentimes you see anger coming from insecurity. In that situation, I'm actually kind of happy about it. I'm actually like, okay, yeah, how do we quit smoking? You know, and let's actually work on that now. And it's anxiety provoking to think about trying that and maybe failing. So some of the biggest disruption that we experience within our own bodies, creating anxiety Mm -hmm. is actually good Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's the sign of change actually being possible. It can be like in that situation, you want change. Sometimes you want change and then the anger or the anxiety is a sign like, yes, you're getting closer to it. And in the same way, sometimes when people are not wanting to change, and you threaten that, they can get angry and you can actually hurt somebody. They're resisting Mm -hmm. change for protection. Yes. What are they protecting? It's dangerous for people to change their opinions. If I change my opinion politically, what does it mean? Like, oh my goodness, am I different now? What does that mean about my friends? What does that mean about the politicians that I like? What does that mean about... It has this rippling effect through your life. And what about all those people that I argued before? Do I have to feel guilty about that? It's threatening for you to not have a stable sense of self, and people don't like that. So when you're in the presence of somebody who disagrees with you, it threatens who you are. And the more stable you are, the more you can be secure and comfortable with people who disagree with you. But if you're not stable, it can lead to this anger and frustration, which is what we often see is kind of people feeling this anxiety and anger in the presence of people who they disagree with. And it's coming from that insecurity. If we were going to say step one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to release some of the instability, how to create stability. 
Well, the first step, if you're not sure of yourself, or you want to make sure that you're as sure of yourself as you can be, because you know, I'm going to talk to somebody who disagrees with me. I'm going into a debate. I'm going into a situation where I'm going to have to sit close to somebody who disagrees with me. And I don't want to react in anger. I don't want to be anxious. What you can do is you can get yourself validated beforehand. Sit with somebody who does agree with you. Sit with somebody who will actually reinforce your position so that you can become as secure as you can be before you go in and calm, not like you're not trying to work yourself up into a fight here, but you're trying to be like, no, I know who I am. I know who I am. Okay, so I'm going to go in. We're going to be relaxed. We're just going to deal with it as it comes. And for somebody coming from a faith background, it would be talking to God, like reassuring yourself, knowing who you are with God before you go into that situation where somebody's going to disagree with you. And if you're talking about politically, you would give your wife a hug. You would talk to your team and they would reassure you and make sure that you feel comfortable going in so that you have that peace inside of yourself before you go into that conflict. And that's going to help you to sit close. It's going to help you to lean in. It's going to help you to be at peace and not get angry. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that. We're going to take a short break and be right back. Hey there, welcome back. So Cyrus, here we are talking about how we can feel assured within ourselves before going into a situation where we're having a possible dispute. Being with somebody who's got a different opinion and being able to have a balanced feeling about ourselves going in, mm-hmm. but what about the way that we look at them? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because you know we were talking about how you can reassure yourself before you go into a meeting so that you're at peace and calm and you don't react out of anxiety and anger, there's another way that you can do that. If we took a scripture that would apply, it would be Matthew 7, verse 1, which would be, do not judge or you too will be judged. And it's just an interesting passage because the Bible actually tells us to judge. We are supposed to be wise. Everybody's supposed to judge. We have to judge where the floor is, where the door is. We have to be careful around other people. We want to be wise. But what this is talking about here it goes on to say that you need to look at yourself first and take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's. You want to evaluate yourself because you don't have it all together. You don't have a perfect opinion. You don't have it all figured out. And so be careful about how you judge other people. And that would be, I think, the second step. First, you want to be assured. You want to be as calm and knowing as being safe in yourself. But you also want to be humble. You want to realize that as you think about an opinion or a perspective, that you're learning too, that you don't have it all figured out. And you want to try to take the log out of your own eyes so that you can see clearly, but you want to evaluate yourself and know that you're in a learning position, not just in a kind of superior, I know everything position. And that'll help you to be more relaxed and have less conflict. That's a really special way to look at it. Just thinking about being with people that perhaps we would see them as an enemy or mm-hmm. being so deluded or all mm-hmm. these you know angry emotions that have come up against people with differing opinions in all kinds of realms. But to be able to think, well, I might learn something from mm. If you can go into a perspective where it's like, I know who I am. I believe in this. And I know people who believe in this with me but I'm always willing to learn more. And I want to learn from this person who disagrees with me. Maybe it's only 1% that I can learn from, but I want to learn. I know that I can strengthen myself through this conversation. And so to be open in that way can really help you to feel at peace and actually want to get closer, to move your chair closer to the other person because you can see the value in the other person. 
and what they're saying. Sometimes you really got to look for it because the person is really different from you and you really disagree with them, but you can often find a grain of truth there that you can learn. I also think that looking at people just with humanity mm. and recognizing that they are as passionate about their mm. side, even mm -hmm. though it's a complete opposite side, as mm -hmm. I am about mine. Mm -hmm. And just even being intrigued mm -hmm. and seeing that person as, as exciting for them and mm. appreciating that they have their opinion as vastly different as it is, yeah. just by appreciating them for existing mm -hmm. and living in a body just like you do. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's interesting even because the passage talks about how you're going to be judged in the way that you judge other people. And I think it's really good to see the value in other people because that principle is even inherent in the way that we operate. If you judge other people very harshly, you're probably going to judge yourself very harshly if you That's make a right. mistake. Yeah. So having a kind voice towards yourself, having a kind voice towards others, they go together. So make sure you have a kind voice for others, have mm -hmm. a kindness in yourself when you're dealing with others who disagree with you because you're going to be wrong at some point and you're going to need to forgive yourself, you're going to need to be compassionate with yourself and it's a lot easier when you already have that compassion way, that compassion others. just within yourself for others. That's beautiful. I was thinking exactly that. That mm. was something for me as a musician and a performer. Mm -hmm. There's been times where if I hear someone perform mm -hmm. and perhaps they've sang a little off key mm. and turning an attitude of dislike towards mm. that into appreciation mm. and just spinning it on his head and refusing mm -hmm. to knock them mm. will actually make it so that I'm not knocking myself. Right. Because yes. if I judge lest I be judged, that's mm -hmm. actually a principle. Yeah. at work in all kinds of areas. For example, one time for me, I was experiencing the feeling of stage fright, and this was actually related to an acting hmm. opportunity I had. And it was a speaking role as well as a singing role. And to look out into the audience at that time and feel fearful of them, I realized that it was exactly that. This was hmm. the principle that struck me that if I didn't carry judgment hmm. towards another, if I could just let that completely go yeah. then I wouldn't feel it towards mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. and so it was just something that sank in and the confidence and the peace mm -hmm. that came mm -hmm. over me for that role was mm -hmm. just because of that principle mm -hmm. of not judging lest yeah. I be judged yeah really good it's just an interesting reality on how these things often will rebound on us and how we take in what we give so it's just so important when you're working with other people when you're in those places of disagreement if you can be compassionate so often I'm working with people on the way that they speak to themselves it's so much easier to help somebody when they have a kind voice towards others otherwise it's just judgment everywhere and there's no place even to hardly start so it's just a lot easier when it's like, well, I, I'm compassionate towards others. And it's like, okay, well, let's work on being compassionate towards yourself. And then they already have a frame for that. And the progress is a lot quicker. That's actually something that I've been hearing in the world of psychology, which is your profession, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that if you are stirred up, upset, angry, and worked up and reactive towards something, it's because that's already in you. Mm, yes. Towards yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So often, the places of anger and frustration come from insecurity. I used to work at Stony Mountain at a penitentiary here in Manitoba, and it was just an interesting thing to realize that the men in there, they would kind of strut and they would be intimidating, 
most of the time, unless they were in my office, then of course they would often be just like kittens or something like this. They'd be able to take off their mask. But they were just riddled with insecurity. And I realized that their insecurity, their negative feelings about themselves would create negative feelings towards other people. And there's a guy, if I looked at him the wrong way, he would maybe try to murder me. And then, you know, that's intimidating and he was using it as bravado. But in other ways, it's just like he's so sensitive that if I look at him the wrong way, he'll change his entire life to try to kill me. And it's just such sensitivity in a person, such insecurity, and it can actually be very dangerous and violent towards other people. Uh, so the next time you say like, oh, so they're just insecure, so it's okay, it's like, no. <laughs> it's like, well, they might be insecure. And you really got to watch it because insecurity can lead to horrible things. And so, yeah, it often starts with us. It's in us first and it just comes out towards others. Wow. Well, this has been really exciting to be able to break down some of these very important truths about how to get along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, Cyrus. Thank you so much. Well, it's always such a joy. Thanks. Sweet. Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. You are very welcome to come and join Maplecrest Church Services 10 a.m. Sunday mornings at the Park Theatre, 698 Osborne Street in Winnipeg. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks again and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose. <laughs>